your hot take. Yeah. Your spicy. <laughs> wait, what is it? Piping hot serving. That's <laughs> what the guy serving, says. Yes. Love it. Spicy. Love it. Welcome back to another episode of And Here's Why. Lauren, please explain to our listeners why we're gracing them with our presence today. Well, Peach, we've got a fairy tale to discuss that's full of fencing, fighting, torture, revenge, giants, monsters, escape, true love, and even miracles. Wow, that sounds like quite a bit to unpack, but lucky for us, we have a special guest that will be assisting us in doing so. Today, we have author Sarah Henning here to join us. Welcome, Sarah. Please tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. My name is Sarah Henning, and I am the author of the Sea Witch duology, Sea Witch and Sea Witch Rising, and also the new book, The Princess Will Save You, which is sort of inspired by The Princess Bride, which is why I think I'm here. I also have a sports contemporary called Throw Like a Girl that came out earlier this year, too. This is just spicy content. Thank you so much, Sarah, for joining us. We're so excited to have you here. <laughs> We're talking about one of my favorite movies, so I'm super excited. Okay, and that was what I was hoping. I was like, are we talking about the movie or the book? Because I haven't read the book, and I don't know how close the movie resembles the book. So, You know, William Goldman was really heavily involved in the making of the movie. He wrote the screenplay, and he was on set every day. So I think it's probably pretty close. Perfect. Love to hear it. So let us dive right into the 1987 fantasy, The Princess Bride. Marriage is what brings us together today. Yeah, so I would like to start off by saying something really fast. Um, Go for it. So I haven't watched this movie in a hot minute, and I was excited that that's what we were doing because I was like, oh, this will be so fun to sit down and watch with some ice cream. Well, I looked on Netflix and Hulu, and it wasn't on there, and I was like, oh, like maybe it's on YouTube because, you know, some people put that content out there even though they're not supposed to. So I look it up on YouTube, and there's a couple, and one is like the actual full length of the movie. I was like, yes, this is perfect. So I start it, sit down, ice cream in hand, and it is a Chinese rendition, and I could not understand anything. <laughs> so the music was fire, though. I will say that. It was in – It kind of yep. gave me vibes on Mulan when she has that – fighting scene and she slides down the lantern thing from the emperor's oh okay Mm -hmm. yeah like it kind of the setup was a little bit like that very festive um but yeah (laughs) so i ended up (laughs) not watching it on youtube and yeah so let's get started I mean, this will come out afterwards, but the original cast is doing a live reading. I saw that. I'm so excited, except for our beloved Andre the Giant, RIP. No Fezzik. I don't know who's playing Fezzik. I'm sure they'll have some guest star, I'm sure. I don't know. I feel like with, because uh, Josh Gad, we had Devin Werkheiser on and he told us Josh Gad has been doing like a, a series on YouTube where he gets old castmates from like really big films and TV shows and mm-hmm. stuff together. And the ones that have passed away, they kind of just remember them and just go on with different lines instead of lines oh. that involve them. So I don't know. I feel like they wouldn't put like some random person in with them. I guess we'll see. (laughs) Well, that's such a romantic gesture in and of itself. Wow. 
I thought it was so interesting because I just watched this movie as a good little refresher. And uh, <laughs> I was like, wow, these outfits are amazing. Like just looking <laughs> at the different dresses and crowns that Princess Buttercup was wearing, I was like, I will take all of these, please. And <laughs> then I looked up their budget and, well, for a 1987 film, it had $16 million for their budget. Yeah, that's insane. The other stuff wasn't as wonderfully, like the rats and stuff. <laughs> I was going to say, they spent all the money on the rats. <laughs> well, I want to start by saying I love that this is a story within a story. That is my right. jam. I love when you have a dream, but it's in another dream. So you think you're waking up, but you're not. It's like psych. And I just love so that inception. Vibe. <laughs> yes. So well that okay, that takes it a little too far. Sarah, what what draws you so much toward this movie? Well, I'm an 80s child, so I think that that's part of it, <laughs> growing up with this movie. And I've watched it a bajillion times, right? Like, actually, right. one of um, the stories I tell with this movie is that when my son was born, and he's, he's 11, he's almost 12, you were supposed to, you know, bring DVDs and put it in your, like, go bag to go to the hospital. And, like, this is one of the ones I put in my bag. And I didn't, like, watch this movie while I was giving birth or anything. <laughs> I watched right. it, like, the next day, you know, snuggling with my son and so like it's a comfort food type of movie I guess yeah definitely just like a feel good yeah I mean it's based on all these fairy tale tropes that we love um collectively love. as a people and that was like the whole point for William Goldman he wrote this story for his daughters and you can feel it like in yeah. the story and just like all that love that is there and I think that's why it's it's so endearing like because it's you know it really is just a really yeah. fun tale of true love and adventure and comedy and so I you know I've always gravitated towards that plus side note um Mandy Patinkin who plays Indigo Montoya and is obviously a very famous actor now he wasn't as famous <laughs> when this was made but he um he actually went to the college in the college town that I live in my college oh, my awesome. alma mater yeah he went to the University of Kansas and he actually didn't graduate but like he's considered like one of the most famous people to attend <laughs> that's funny <laughs> and so I always am like oh I love him so much and he went to my school <laughs> that's so awesome yeah so like there are little things about it, the story in general that I love but then there's also things about the actors that I love too for sure and just to go back to your note that you know the author of Princess Bride he wrote it for his daughters I just loved how he he asked one of his daughters all right what should it be about and she was like a princess yes. and the other one was like a bride and he was like well that's the name Princess Bride sure Straight thing golden. <laughs> you just you can't get more creative than that I think you know it's going to be such a great like fantasy fairy tale just because of the names. You've got all these typical fairy tale names and you're like this is basically as good as like Cinderella or you know any right. other, like typical princesses. Like cuz you've got Buttercup like come on. And then Prince Humperdinck if that doesn't scream villain, I don't know what does. Like <laughs> okay, in pause. Okay, quick pause. Paige knows I deep dive into like actors and stuff and what they've been in previously because I love like connecting them to different things. Prince Humperdinck was the voice of Jack Skellington in The Night Before Christmas. Oh. What? A lot of very interesting little... <laughs> 
Things yeah. <laughs> okay, mine, yeah. the guy, what's his name that plays Vizzini? Um, Sean Wallace. Yes. I love him because from Gossip Girl when he was Cyrus, <laughs> Bob, I was like, that's all I'm thinking, even though this came out way before Gossip Girl. Oh, yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh, I love him. Such a fangirl. And he was super nervous on set. I read that too because he thought he was going to lose his job to um, Danny DeVito or something. (laughs) Yeah, well, because he had heard that the director pictured that character, Vizzini, as Danny DeVito first. So he was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I just need to basically try and be Danny DeVito in every scene so I don't get fired. And I just thought that that was hilarious because I'm like, dude, like, you got the job, chill. Like, you're literally saying the lines and the camera is rolling. Like, right. That's Hollywood, though. I'm sure. I know. I'm sure it's successful. I just thought that was so funny because I feel like his role is so iconic. Mm-hmm. Take a Xanax. You're fine. Let's just. <laughs> I didn't have in. Xanax. We <laughs> <laughs> can't all be so lucky. No. <laughs> okay. Well, I have so many great things to say about this movie. I need to say something that bothers me so much. Okay. Okay, so when Buttercup is with the what we think is the dread pirate Roberts and she pushes him down the hill, that that made me cringe so hard because he's like, as as you (laughs) I was like, "Eh," like literally got nauseous just because, I mean, you know, it's an older movie and the acting sometimes. I mean, it was amazing for that time, but just like now, the way they do things, different stuff, I was just like, wow, that was awful. So I just needed to say that. And yeah, moving on. She had so many good redeemable moments for that, though. Like, I was dead the first time she was talking to her dad. He was like very clearly out of it. She kissed him on the cheek and she said, I'm never seeing you again because I'm killing myself in the honeymoon suite. And he was like (laughs) smiling like, oh, won't that be nice? And then he like looks at his wife and is like, she kissed me. (laughs) I have a story about that scene. The scene that follows that is actually like the whole reason that I wrote The Princess Will Save You. (laughs) Because really? tell us more. Because so Buttercup is is your sort of updated but traditional damsel, right? And she yeah. but but it's annoying because she starts off the movie with all this fire and even after she thinks Wesley is dead, she still has that fire. You know, she she tries to escape right. from the pirates and she also is given everything that she'd ever want to be a princess, right? Like and mm-hmm. she still fights but then after that scene, after she kisses him and she's like, I'm gonna go kill myself, she, you know, secures this private room in a dagger and she's just mm. gonna end it because it's just too awful to be with Humperdinck, which yeah. totally get. But my problem with that is that if you look at who she was at the beginning of the tale and even the middle, that girl would have taken that dagger and fought her way out of that freaking castle and left. Like she would have, yeah. you know, she wouldn't have believed Humperdinck when he said that Wesley's dead and she would have not yeah. been in such despair. And that was so frustrating to me because what it did was it made her your typical, damsel, typical, yeah. typical, typical damsel and that she had lost all her agency. She had no way out and she just thought that like this is it. And I understand that they're trying to get it 
across like her amount of despair and true right. love and mm-hmm. that. Yeah. But I was so mad. I was like, no, I need yeah. like, a princess that will take the freaking dagger and use it and just like go get what she wants. And so really it was that entire scene that I was like, you know, I love the Princess Bride. I love it to death. But there are so many things about it that, I, that frustrate me as like a feminist person. Well, and what a character arc loss because at right. the beginning, yes. like you said, they do show her so fiery, so willing to do whatever it takes for her her people. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, just the fact that, like you said, she was A, willing to kill herself and B, that she just kept repeating like, well, Westley's going to find me. He's going right. to come. And it's like, but why are you waiting? Like you right. have so much time. Go after him. Yeah. yeah, either go after him or use that dagger on Prince Humperdinck. Literally right. just <laughs> drive it through that man's throat. Whatever floats your boat. <laughs> And, you know, I don't think I realized it until I was an adult. You know, I've always loved that movie. I love, you know, the romance. And, like, honestly, Carrie Elways is just, like, the perfect person. <laughs> like, he's, he's just, like, amazing. And so it didn't sit right with me, though. And it wasn't until I was, like, a full-grown adult, like, that I realized why. Because of yeah. Buttercup's character regression. And so it, the idea with The Princess Will Save You is to flip the damsel in distress on on its head. It's not really a retelling as much as it's like inspired by. Mm-hmm. And you can't really deconstruct the idea of the damsel without talking about the the things that push against the damsel's world, right? Her lack of agency, <laughs> like the fact that she can't yeah. make her own choices, all of the things that, that women typically have to push against in life. And so in flipping it and making the boy the damsel, I think you still have to have a female character that really fights against this very hyper patriarchal world so that you can really demonstrate like the things that women struggle against because just Mm -hmm. flipping it and making it easy for her is not deconstructing and examining the trope and you know and the frustrations we get with with buttercup and just with female characters that lose their agency for no reason other than despair because it's sort of like you know when they used to say women would just like be hysterical and you'd have (laughs) hysterical women and then that like puts them in like at me literally at myself (laughs) (laughs) you know that used to be something that they would call the doctor for that's so dumb so like having a woman ruled by her emotions so much that she just like doesn't act as herself yeah Yeah. the end of that tale was just it's disappointing especially for something as groundbreaking as, as that tale this got so deep the writer's room was just so into making sure that Inigo Montoya got a really good character <laughs> arc that they were like, well, Buttercup's fine and all, but this oh. is really what we're going to do, which, I mean, he really he did, did get have such a great – Yeah, he got a good arc, so. He did. Who was y'all's favorite character in this movie? Oh, it's always Inigo. <laughs> she's like no-brainer always the Spaniard <laughs> he's a good one but I'm gonna have to say Westley just because oh, yeah. he had so many good lines yeah. like when they're going through that fire forest and he's like <laughs> saying that it's not so bad or whatever and she's like are you serious do you see where we are and he's like well I'm not saying I want to build a summer home here but come on now and I'm like you are so sassy I just really relate with him I think 
He's also the voice actor in one of my favorite Studio Ghibli movies, The Cat Returns. So, and he's just such a man. He literally acted the whole time with a broken toe. (laughs) And the scene where he sees that guy with the six fingers. Count Rugen. Every time he would try to hit him over the head with the sword, it didn't (laughs) look believable so finally carrie was like okay come on just do it and so he knocks him in the head and actually knocks him out like he passes out for real in that scene and they used it and he woke up in the emergency room and was like did you at least get the footage and they're like yeah yeah, we got it we got it (laughs) i'm gonna say fezzik just because oh i love the gentle giant type like i Think of like Goonies, like Sloth was oh, my yeah. favorite. Just because you know it's <laughs> that person that it's not like everyone's gonna be nice to them. You know they're kind of looked over and just like oh I don't know. And that's why he's my favorite. He's just so he has a good heart. You can tell he doesn't want to do the wrong thing. He's kind of just hanging with the wrong crowd. And I'm like it's okay. But I mean in the end, you know he does what's right. So in Paige, one of the scenes reminded me of you and I. Oh, I'm so. So scared. <laughs> Basically, you and I moving across the country when Vizini's like, I'm going to have to find myself a new giant. And Fezzik's like, no, don't say that. <laughs> Literally me to you. Yep, that is us. So I just really related to that on a personal note. And you should know that. <laughs> Thank you so much. That is so romantic and day made. <laughs> There are just so many good quotes in this movie. What's what are like some of your favorites? As you wish. <laughs> oh god, I knew that was coming. No, I loved it just because at the end when the little boy asks his grandpa, he's like, "Oh, maybe you could come read this again to me tomorrow." And he's like, Aww. "As you wish." I was like, "Stop! <laughs> that's so cute because that's what they say in the movie for I love you." You yeah. know, so I'm like, "Oh, he's saying that, but like he probably means I love you too." So and yeah, I saw the little boy. Also, he doesn't have a name. It's just the grandson. Want to put that out there for a second? <laughs> he looks the same now. I looked him up now. Good <laughs> Always looks. The- same yeah okay, well it's funny you say that because when i saw that little boy i'm like that looks like ben savage looked him up and i'm like oh yep. my god that's his brother boy meets world i'm sorry i'm sorry this is all news to me and i am shook <laughs> to my core yeah what? well it's not yeah it's fred savage not actually Corey. right but that makes so much sense because you saying that i'm like he did look really familiar yeah. Yeah, he's super famous, guys. Come on. Fred Savage. I know. I'm just a bigger fan of his brother, not to play favorites, but come on. (laughs) Boy Meets World changed my life. I know. I know. (laughs) One of my favorite lines was just, again, Princess Buttercup just being a total psycho. What is it? If I have to marry you in 10 days, I'll be dead by morning. What a line. I mean... She's actually way more talkative in the book. It's kind of interesting. Yes, I did read the book. Yeah. She's a little bit more, not that she's not likable in the movie, but I feel like I liked her just a smidge more in the book. So, Oh, interesting, because my husband read the book and he didn't like her nearly as much. Oh, really? Huh. Yeah, I don't know if she was just too argumentative or whatever, but. A little too angst. Because I'm pretty argumentative. I don't know. (laughs) He just had an opinion. (laughs) Everyone's allowed. Everyone. I mean, it's wrong. No, I'm kidding. Um. (laughs) Yeah, it's not a right one, but I mean, it's an opinion. One of them. 
Did you guys see that a guy released, well, he produced and released his own version of The Princess Bride? It's called like Home Movie what? Princess Bride. No. And he did it during COVID. Like he released it in June of this year. I guess he was really bored and uh, <laughs> reenacted all these things with some friends. And I forget, there's a website where you can uh, look at it. I don't know if it, you have to have a subscription. It's called Quee. Quibi or something like that. Oh, Quibi. Oh, yeah. No, that was like that was like real famous actors like Joe Jonas and like Sophie. What? Yeah, they were in it. Yeah. What? Okay, I'm gonna need to. We need to end this now because I have to watch it. (laughs) Anything happens with the Princess Bride, people tag me now because of the Princess Idiots. Amazing. Yeah, it's yeah, it's on that. That Quibi is like the Netflix type app, but it's only on your phone. Yeah, it's weird. I don't know. It it sounded like a better idea than it turned out to be, I think. Like yeah. <laughs> they have like some exclusive content. And um yeah, and so people were tagging me like constantly in that. I'm like, yep, uh-huh. <laughs> What the heck? I did not know that. I need my carry always. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did not know that uh Joe Jonas and Sophie Turner were in it because that is a game changer. Yeah, I'm watching it as soon as we're done. <laughs> I mean it could be Nick Jonas. It's a Jonas, some Jonas. I feel like either it's way Joe. it's worth it. I feel like yeah, it it's is gotta Joe, be Joe. Yeah. I feel like it's Joe. We love all the Jonases. (laughs) I have something I want to ask you guys, and I feel like I know the answer already, but I did see a thing that said literally a year ago, it was September of 2019, they released that there is talk of recreating this movie, and I wanted to know what your thoughts on that. Yep, I figured. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody can remake it. No. And that's what a lot of the stuff I saw said. It was like, you know, there are a few movies that are just too perfect to touch and that this is one of them. Yeah, I would say say (laughs) it's perfectly imperfect in the sense where I know what flaws or what things that they would maybe want to change, but then they would just be rewriting the movie at that point. And right. Or even just look at like Mulan that just came out. Like people are already really upset with the way that they changed the story because it's not like a scene for scene kind of redo of the animated classic. And it doesn't really go in with like the story of Mulan. Like they literally just changed it. And people are very upset with the way that they changed it. They tried to change the story and and nobody was buying it, you know? (laughs) Yeah. I still need to watch that. And I feel like, too, it comes from Mulan. Like, that came out when I was, well, I think it was, like, right around when I was born. But, like, that's a movie I grew up watching. And so for them to change it, it really messes with me. Like, if they were to change Princess Bride, I don't know that I would enjoy it. But at the same time, I didn't watch that movie until, you know, I was, like, a teenager. So it's not like I was a little kid watching it and so I, I don't think it would have as much of an emotional impact on me like oh my gosh why are they doing this I'd just be like why yeah. you know it's more of a literal reason versus I have like emotional attachment to it so I don't know well and I say this as somebody who has made a career out of retellings <laughs> because Sea Witch is like the origin <laughs> story for Hans Christian Andersen's Sea Witch and I constantly had to tell people like this is not Ariel. This is not Little Mermaid. Yeah. That's a Disneyified version of the original tale. And 
you know, and whenever you engage with a retelling of any kind or like a remake, what you're doing is you're engaging with um, each individual reader or viewer's emotional attachment and relationship with that story. And you don't know what you're going to get. Right. You know, like you could get someone who's not attached to it. Like, you know, like you're saying, you've seen it when you're a teenager and you can see somebody who has like a tattoo on their arm <laughs> of their favorite quote, yeah. you know, like it can, it can go every way. And so if you are changing things or, or you're trying to expand them or you are challenging them, you have to be able to explain why. Right. You know what I mean? Like you yeah. can't just be like, well, I was updating it and this ain't good, right? And everybody's going to be like, no, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Like, what are you adding here? Right. Other than just, you know, hoping that people will pay you money. <laughs> so, <laughs> to go back to what the first thing that we spoke about was if there's anything to change, it would probably be a better arc for Buttercup. But even then, right. if I heard a director saying, you know, we want to make this with Buttercup being more feisty and giving her a better story, it sounds good on paper, but I feel like this is just one of those movies better left alone. Don't fix what ain't broke. <laughs> they can buy my rights anyway. They can they can make my movie. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, just saying. Yeah, but like, if you want to. You no. Rights are available. Yeah. But I do think, look at something like Newsies. I love that movie as much as I love this movie. That is like my, you know, catnip and... <laughs> And so, you know, they when they made that into a Broadway show, there were things that they did to change it a little bit to fit this other medium. And it works. Like, they don't compete as far as your attention. You don't have to say, well, I like this version better than that version. It's they're different and you can enjoy them both. And I think sometimes when you make movies or remakes, either it's like a TV show or the movie, you know what I mean? Like, it can feel like they're competing and that you can't like both or that you have to have one that you like more than the other. And so maybe it's a it's a chance at just looking at the medium, you know? There are other ways to tell a story. Like the, the Quibi thing is kind of silly, but like it was a way to like do a send up where people could enjoy it, you know, in quarantine. For sure. <laughs> Because what else do we have to do? Yeah. I mean, there are things you could do, like, or like the reading that they're going to do. Like, that would be kind of cool. Like, a lot of people really like audiobooks. If you could have almost a table read with the original actors, like, that would be sweet. I'm sure people would pay money to, you know, to download that. Yeah, definitely. There's so many options. I totally agree. That's why I'm also nervous they're doing yet another Ghostbusters movie, and I'm scared. Oh. Right, really? Yes. So what's interesting, too, is the original writer for the Ghostbusters, his son is also a writer, and he's writing this new one. So I'm like, hopefully this gift runs in the fam. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. I'm nervous, but hopeful because the original cast is going to be in it. So, Well, I think about like the, the Star Trek movies they made a few years ago with Chris Pine. Like they were the perfect send up of the old TV show, yeah. you know? Yeah. Like sure. they were really well done. Like if you appreciate the material, like you're going to get it right. Yeah. Hopefully. And what would be interesting <laughs> too in this remake of The Princess Bride, if they do decide to do that, is if they gave the original cast different roles. <laughs> Carrie always being the old king getting the kiss. Yeah. <laughs> I would want to see little like nods to the original. I feel like that's just a fan service that we deserve. So. <laughs> 
I want to see the locations again. Like I, all I could think of watching that was I would love with the technology we have now and just the way everything is improved, like see the areas that they filmed originally, because that was Mm -hmm. beautiful even then, you know, this is like 30 plus years ago. So I can't imagine. I mean, hopefully it all is still intact and looks nice, but I would like to see that now. I would love to go take pictures there for Instagram or we could have a photo (laughs) shoot for the podcast page. Like... Love it. Be Where so did they great. film? Do we know? Where did they I film? think it's in Ireland or Northern it England, was, right? Yeah, like, it was both. They did some in both. So, oof, love it. Yeah, clips of insanity. You can go visit them. I'm sure. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that might be a little bit much for me, but we'll see, we'll see how I'm feeling mentally if I'm in the brain space to do see that. If we're feeling figgity. <laughs> That's actually so funny. I've always wanted to do that. Like if I don't see the Shire before I die, you're I'm going to haunt probably Paige. So. <laughs> oh, whoa. Okay, well we will make that happen because <laughs> <laughs> big scared right now. So I thought it was interesting that they left out there was supposed to be a different final scene that actually never made it into the film and the grandson with no name was supposed to (laughs) look out into his neighborhood. I don't know, like open a window and he was supposed to see... Fezzik, Inigo, Wesley, and Buttercup all outside on their white horses. Oh, funny. Yeah, didn't make the cut. That would have been cool, though. Well, he was sick. He could totally hallucinate, like, poor kid. (laughs) I know, yeah, yeah, right? Mess him up. (laughs) Too much NyQuil, like. Aw, too many video games. (laughs) (laughs) He's playing video games before Grandpa comes in. They could have went many different routes with that and they didn't. So that's rude. (laughs) I'm just going to jump headfirst into some quicksand, into a fire (laughs) swamp. Apparently that was not planned either. Like he just kind of did that and was hoping for the best and he could have legitimately broken his neck. That's why I'm saying that he is just such a man. Love that guy. (laughs) What were your favorite scenes, guys? Mine is the um, fight scene at the top of the Cliffs of Insanity. I love it. And as a former gymnast, I really love the whole like swinging on the bars thing. Yes. The right-handed and the left-handed. And I just love that you get to see Indigo's personality and Wesley's personality. I think it's just a great little vignette. That's probably my favorite scene. Well, how about you guys? That's got to be one of them, honestly. And I feel like you get such a good grasp on both of them their characters and ego he does the right thing and being like okay we're gonna fight but like i'm gonna help you up first and i won't kill you and we're gonna do this fairly (laughs) right and just those little back and forth moments and obviously that that scene of just the fencing is so they rehearsed it so many times that i feel like it would be disrespectful for it to not be my favorite (laughs) they worked very hard on that so that is also mine Okay, well, I'm going to be odd one out. I enjoyed the final kiss the most because I'm such a romantic and it was such a good kiss. I was like, oh my gosh, yes. All I'm thinking is, yeah, that little boy, he's into it too. He's lying. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's just like that seal the deal, you know, happy ending. Just that's 
the content that I needed to see. And that was my favorite. (laughs) That was such my energy too. Like I remember as a kid, I would read all the time. And that was so me. I'd be like, oh my God, why are they kissing? I don't care. And then (laughs) as I get older, I'm like, why aren't they kissing? Like, why is nobody naked? What's happening? Put the (laughs) swords down. It's a fairy tale. Come on. Nobody's naked. such the thing I just related with that a lot where I was so younger and I'm like ugh, can they just get to the good parts and now I'm like the good parts are the kissing scenes like let's be real it's true (laughs) but Paige that is so you too just that hopeless romantic last kiss right (laughs) disgust me no I'm I'm getting here for it I'm so lovey-dovey I have a book for you (laughs) Ooh, tell me please my book (laughs) this will save (laughs) I am so here for it. I am. What is it? What does Inigo? Oh, trying to avenge his father. Yeah, yeah the name like, is Inigo you Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. That's his yeah. That's the <laughs> such a good one. I mean, I think as you wish it is. Yeah, we have is to be as you wish, right? Like yeah. we could either say it normal and dramatic, like when she's like, "Go fetch my horse's water," whatever, <laughs> and he's like, "As you wish." Fun boy. Polish my horse the saddle. I want to see my face shining in it by morning. As you wish. Or oh. we could do the rolling down the hill as you wish. Or grandpa's as you wish. <laughs> There's a we lot have of so as many you options. Wish. Yeah. Three, two, one, go. As, as you wish. wish. <laughs> oh, that was good. That was really dramatic. Like I feel like it should have have like Milady at the end, but it doesn't. <laughs> But she, wasn't, right. she wasn't royalty then. She was a commoner. That was the whole thing. But like Kimberdink chose a commoner to marry. He was so dramatic about that too. He was like, one of you. She was one of you. And I'm like, okay, I would be so offended. And now she's one of us. Yeah, like what? I love when he has that line where he's talking to his henchman and he's just like, I have a war to start. I have my wife to kill. And he just like lays out all <laughs> yeah. the bad stuff that he all has to get done. <laughs> this is like this yeah, is- <laughs> like a villainous grocery list. I'm like, all right, relax. <laughs> yes. That was a, a plus. <laughs> Sarah, where can people find you? I'm on Instagram and Twitter, and my handle is the same both places. It's S H Henning, so it's my first initial and middle initial and last name because somebody else got there first, and so. <laughs> <laughs> my life um and then i also have a website that i update sort of um <laughs> sarahhennywrites.com and uh, otherwise you can find my books pretty much anywhere you can buy books sea witch sea witch rising throw like a girl the princess will save you and then the sequel that the princess will save you comes out next summer 2021 and we haven't announced the title yet and then i have a book that is coming 2022 that's in the same world as throw like a girl so it's why i can break and it's called it's all in how you fall it's a gymnastics rom-com Ooh. yeah so i really am all over the place gymnastics football princesses witches i'm here for it <laughs> 
you are a busy lady in between many worlds, and I yes. love it. Thank you. Paige, where can people stalk you? Preferably on Instagram. It is page.hollandsworth, and you can also follow my dogs at ace.lulubaby. Lauren, <laughs> do you have Instagram? And you can follow me at Lauren H. Writes. You can also follow our podcast on Instagram as well at and here's why underscore pod. And is there an update for your book of when it will be coming out? Because you have yet to tell the listeners that. So that's kind of rude. That's because I don't have a date. Um, I'm currently on pass edits of like number four. Life is stressful. Okay, well, that's that's really rude. So, Soon. okay. <laughs> Sarah, thank you so incredibly much for chatting about all these things with us. It was so great to get your opinion and just to talk with you. It was inconceivable. It was super fun. (laughs) (laughs) Totally inconceivable. Totally inconceivable. It was super fun. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, that voice Lauren just used is how her dogs talk. (laughs) Her dogs speak (laughs) well.